8.05 on a Friday. Happy Friday, everybody. Sweet, sweet Friday. Halford and Breath of the Morning. You're listening to it. It is presented by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. Hour 3 of the program featuring Moj. Hour 3 is brought to you by Campbell & Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell & Pound. Visit them on the interweb at campbell-pound.com today. So once we get through this weekend, your, uh, your, your time of longing as a National Football League fan is over because Super Bowl week begins. I hate the bye week. I've never liked it. I think it's gratuitous. I don't care for the Pro Bowl. These athletes I don't need just rest. just want them to get to the game. When are we going to get to the fireworks factory? Anyway, joining us now to discuss said Super Bowl, Bob the Moj Marjanovic here on the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. What up, Moj? First off, it's the Halford Show. Where's Bruff? He has fallen ill yet again. You know what? We used to do this all the time when we used to work with like guys like Taylor and Pratt. I bet if you put like an ATB out with all your listeners out there, they're all driving around, there'll be Bruff sightings. He might be at the Scotiabank barn. He could be at a Starbucks somewhere like in the West End. He could be maybe having breakfast at Denny's by UBC. Who knows? I guarantee you, if you put it out there and tell your listeners to, like, give us any bruff sightings, you'll be, you'll be getting some. We could put out a bolo. That's the one we used to do when I worked security. Be on lookout, bolo, and then you have to give a description. There you go. Yeah? yeah. It's like tall man, resembles horse, probably angry. <laughs> <laughs> Arguing about the Canucks. Yeah, right. still, still better about 2011 and 1994. Yeah, do not oh, approach. Yeah, put a bolo on Bruff, and I guarantee you your listeners are going to come up with a whole bunch of settings. Okay, that's what we're going to do as soon as we're done Stamping one here. foot repeatedly. Yeah, that's right. Well, okay, uh, Moj, first, what are your – give me the, the, the Moj rundown, the layout, the plan for this year's Super Bowl in Arizona. Well, we fly down Sunday, okay. and we get to Radio Row set up shop. Monday and Tuesday are really slow days. I mean, obviously it picks up as the week moves on. But they're important in terms of what we do is because a lot of the handlers and PR people will come in on Monday, Tuesday. So you start booking people for later in the week. Yep. And having been there now for over, whatever, two decades, um, it's, it's you know, you, got, you have relationships with a lot of these guys. So they're, they're pretty good to you. So it's, there's a strategy to it, too. Like, I mean, there's sometimes that, you know, they have a big name guest that you want to target. And they'll come back to you and go, hey, I've got the assistant trainer of the Atlanta Falcons. He's written a book on knee injuries, right? So, um, yeah, you do him a favor and solid sometimes. Like, who knows if it ever makes it to air due to our content. Right. But, yeah, I mean, it's just basically strategy. And then the week progresses. It just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And the buzz in the city just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And by the time you get to Friday and Saturday night, I mean, it's a gong show. Parties everywhere. People are flying in. You know, all you see is like private jets and planes coming in. So, um, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun, and it just keeps ramping up, and then until kickoff, and away we go. Well, you kind of hit the nail on the head there, because this week is oftentimes more about like celebrating the city and the host than opposed to actually previewing the football game, because everyone's already done that. They've had a week to look ahead to Eagles yeah. and Chiefs. So, okay, so this is the third Super Bowl in Arizona, the first time it's been at State Farm Stadium in Glendale since 2015. So you've been there before. Where does this city, stadium, market stack up in terms of your Super Bowl experiences? It's pretty good. It's probably like in the top five in terms of cities that host. I might even say top three. Um, The weather's always great. There's so much to do in Phoenix. It's a little spread out, but for the most part, you know, it's 
it's a really good city. I mean, it's a good vibe. They do a great job of hosting it. And I'll tell you what, you talk about entertaining games. The two games previous, <laughs> excuse me, if you recall, the Giants snapped the Patriots' undefeated streak. Yep. And, of course, second and dumb, right? So expect a good football game on Sunday. Well, the football game itself, there's a lot of compelling storylines going into this. I think three have really sort of emerged, though. Uh, one, Mahomes and Jalen Hurts, the first time that two black quarterbacks will be starting in a Super Bowl. You've got the Kelsey brothers, and that's going to be a big storyline going up one against another in the Super Bowl. And then you got the Andy Reid factor, which I think is interesting, because this is Andy Reid with his current team going up against his former club in Philadelphia. They still got a lot of ties to, including the management and ownership group. So am I missing anything here? Do you think those will kind of be the three big narratives and storylines going into next Sunday's Super Bowl? I think so. I mean, Hurts and Mahomes is a big one. You yep. mentioned it, yep. Reed. There's another big one there. Um, the Kelsey brothers, there'll be a few more as the week progresses. I think what happens, you know, it's more the human interest storylines now, and as the week progresses, you start getting into a little bit more X's and O's. And with all the coverage that you have at the Super Bowl, you'll find out something crazy during the course of the week. Like, you know, I don't know, maybe Patrick Mahomes' neighbor when he was a kid was – Bill Berge or Ron Jaworski. Or, you know what I mean? You're yeah, going to find yeah. out those human interest stories as well just because of all the coverage that you have there. But, yeah, you nailed the three big ones. And to me, like, you know, it's amazing. I saw this on Twitter, and it's amazing that this is the first Super Bowl with two African-American quarterbacks facing off against one another. And, and like, we always talk about Canada and the CFL being a little bit more progressive. I mean, this happened, like, in 1981 in the yeah. CFL. Yep. Like, you know, right. Warren Moon and Conrich Holloway, and then, you know, you had Roy DeWalt going up against Conrich Holloway. And it's it's really kind of a commentary in terms of maybe where the two leagues are, maybe where our two countries are. Because I remember being down there one year, and I can't remember who the head coach was, an African-American that was hired. might have been in Houston. And it was such a big deal. And at the time in the CFL, there were four head coaches who were African-American. You had Clay Brooks, who just got hired in D.C. Corey Chamberlain, I think, was in Toronto. Orlando Steinauer was in Hamilton. And you had, I believe, Kahari Jones in Montreal at the time. So, you know, it's really interesting, like, when you always hear about these African-American quarterbacks and coaches at the Super Bowl. And yet in the CFL, it's, it's not even a big deal anymore. It's just, you know, it's part of our game. Yeah, I, think, I mean, Hertz even acknowledged that there's only been seven, I think, all-time in a Super Bowl, and he, he name-checked, like, Doug Williams, of course, and yeah. a handful of other ones as well. But, yeah, it is an interesting dynamic because, this, as you mentioned, this is old hat for the Canadian Football League. You know, Okay, so keeping on the, the quarterback con- conversation but pivoting to a totally different conversation, the quarterback carousel, I feel like that's going to be a fairly prominent story this week in large or this upcoming week in large part because there's so much that's up for grabs and so much that has just happened with regards to quarterbacks. So obviously you got the Tom Brady retirement. And then yesterday at the Pebble Beach Pro-Am, Aaron Rodgers is playing golf. Someone asks him on camera, do you have any news for us? And he says, I'm not playing in San Francisco. Well, San Francisco then comes out and says, Jimmy Garoppolo's not coming back. And then yesterday at the Pro Bowl, Derek Carr acknowledges that he's done in Vegas. He's not going to restructure his contract or anything. So I'm looking at this and I'm saying, my God, going into Super Bowl week, you've already got four or five pretty big quarterback stories. I imagine that that's going to be taking up a lot of time on Radio Road this week coming up. Yeah, I imagine so, especially with a lot of the markets where there are quarterback vacancies. There's a great piece right now on ESPN.com regarding the the quarterback carousel. I actually read it either yesterday or the day before, and 
you know, they, they've got some interesting landing spots for these players. I think one that really makes a lot of sense is Carr going to the Jets. Yeah. I mean, you do have a very good, you know, team other than quarterback. I mean, you get somebody to pull the trigger with the Jets, and we'll see what happens there. I think that would be a vast improvement. And plus, it gives Wilson a little bit more time maybe to develop. If not, maybe they bring in someone else and develop him as the eventual successor to Carr. But there's no guarantees. I mean, look at Matt Ryan going to Indianapolis and how that worked out, right? So the other one, too, that I like is Garoppolo perhaps going to the Raiders, right? He has a history with Josh mm-hmm. McDaniels going way back. So maybe there's a Garoppolo landing in, in Las Vegas. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting, and it's going to be interesting to see how they all fall because usually they're just kind of waiting for that one domino to fall, and then all of a sudden you see a flurry of moves fall to where do you uh, land on Derek Carr in terms of how good or not good he is? Because, I mean, he's like he's been to four Pro Bowls. I think sometimes that the Raiders' dysfunction and lack of winning didn't necessarily have to do with him, but everything around him. But at the same time, when you have the profile that he has and you have the salary that he has, there's a lot expected of you, and you're supposed to lift your team from the depths. But I, I never really got like a good handle, <laughs> quite honestly, is, is Derek Carr a good quarterback or not? I think he is. Now, whether he's a great quarterback, that's that's another discussion. But uh, I think to achieve greatness with any quarterback, you have to have stability. You have to have stability with your head coach. You have to have stability with your offensive coordinator, right? I mean, and, you know, a lot of times you see these quarterbacks struggle. And then, uh, he's got his fourth offensive coordinator in yeah. four years in yeah. the National Football League, right? I mean, it's just it's so hard. It's almost like you're starting all over again when you bring in a new coordinator or a new coach. So, you know, you you look at all the greatness in the National Football League, and a lot of times it it revolves around stability, either at the head coaching position and or at your coordinator positions. Uh, We're speaking to Bob the Moj Marjanovic here on the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Moj is a presentation of the West Coast Auto Group. Great service, great selection, just over the bridge in Maple Ridge. Moj, I alluded to Aaron Rodgers earlier. Uh, it's really early in the process, I know this, but if you had to either handicap the odds or guess where he might be playing football next year, if he is playing football at all, where would Aaron Rodgers be playing football in the Moj's mind? I put 75% down on Green Bay. Yeah, me too. I mean, we, we've <laughs> gone through this over and over. It's like, a, it's like a dance each and every year. And, you know, maybe one of these years, like this year, maybe next year, who knows, Aaron Rodgers moves on from Green Bay. But, man, I think he's had ample opportunity to do so. There have been so many rumors, so many discussions, and nothing has come of it. So what changes now? Why now? Right? So I just, you know, I just, it's, I'm tired of Aaron Rodgers and, you know, all the, the drama surrounding him. It's just, it's going to be Green Bay. It'll, and, I, you know, maybe a lot of it I think is kind of stirred by the media, and I think Aaron just kind of adds on to it. Sure. Just like with the comments that he had at Pebble Beach, I think he might just be having fun with it as well. But I think when it's all said and done, he's a Packer. Hey, uh, one, C- one CFL question before we get to our Ask Us Anything Friday. Uh, the Montreal yeah. Alouettes situation. I know this hit the papers this week when the Montreal Gazette wrote about the Alouettes are really in dire straits a couple weeks out from free agency. So they've got a general manager, but they don't have a heck of a lot else. And there seems to be some real uncertainty. Uh, one, I, how closely have you been following this story? And if you have, what can you tell us what exactly what's going on in Montreal? To be honest, I really haven't followed that closely, but I'll say this about the Montreal situation. Um, If they get an ownership group that has a similar vision like Amar Delman, I think they're going to be just fine. Right. That's Um, a big problem right now for them. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, you've got to find an ownership group that's going to come in there and be committed to the program because, 
there is tremendous support for football in Montreal. I remember talking to people like when the Alouettes were in their heyday with Calvillo and Cahoon and all those guys, and they ranked right up there with the Canadians in popularity at that point, right? And obviously the Canadians weren't playing that well at the time, but just, just the fact that you hear that they're almost on even ground with the Canadians tells you a little bit about just how popular football was in Montreal. And the other thing, too, is you got to realize about the explosion of football at the grassroots level in the province of Quebec and say the last 20 years or so as well. I mean, you've got, when I was going to school in prehistoric times, mm-hmm. um, I mean, there was no French speaking schools that were playing football. If you wanted to uh, take a class in French, take your classes in French and play football, the only place you could do so, believe it or not, in Canada was University of Manitoba. They had a little satellite college, um, uh, obviously with the Métis influence in Manitoba. And that's the only place where you could go and, you know, take your classes in French and play football. I mean, now in Quebec, you got Montreal, you got Laval, you got Sherbrooke, you got so many more schools that are. And Laval, I mean, you talk about a tenth pro team in Canada. Mm. Laval is probably it, from what I hear. So you know, there's tremendous support for football there. It's just about getting people excited, getting people to to come to the stadium, and that's another thing too about Montreal. I'll be honest, and I think that might scare a lot of potential owners away. Is that stadium? You know, you see it on TV, and everyone's all romantic about it and how nice it is and yeah you got some nice views but to be honest it's it's embarrassing for the league it really is i mean it it's way outdated um the amenities there are brutal um it's just it's it's bad and i've even heard rumors that there's potential talk even with new owners that the alouettes might move back to olympic stadium i mean that's how bad it is with McGill because it's it's a horrible facility. I mean, yeah, like I said, it's romantic, it's nice, but man, you talk about amenities, you talk about seats, you talk about luxury boxes, all of it. I mean, it's at the bottom of the scale. Uh, Moj, the Ask Us Anything today, uh, it's a food one, of course. Yes, I love food. We've been answering this uh, all morning, really, because it came in bright and early. So this is about food and survival. If you're going to just get by and survive, I'm not talking apocalypse, but uh, you know, you've, you've got basically one cheap food in these inflation grocery times. One yeah. cheap food that you're going to make over and over and over again to sustain yourself and to keep going. What would it be? Some of the answers so far, I can give you some places to go. You've got this already. Okay, great. Yeah. I mean, I'd, my first choice would be steak, but that's not cheap. Um, <laughs> you know what I'd go with? I'd go with something like ramen or, or Sobe noodles or whatever, or, you know, just like those Japanese noodles you can have. And I'll tell you why, because all you need is hot water, right? Just throw the little hot water in there. And then you can always add stuff, whatever you have. Like, you know, you got a little extra cilantro, throw it in there. You got some prawns, chicken, whatever. You can kind of always do the add-ons and it'll fill you up. So I'm going to go like with ramen or any of those like packaged bowls, soup bowls. You know what I mean? I know exactly what you're talking about. That was very similar to Andy Cole's answer. He went with the Mr. Noodles and or ramen. We think alike, Moj. Very yeah, good. Very good. Yeah. And like you said, the thing is you can like, you know, you know, you throw like three, four pieces of chicken that are left over from the night before or whatever. Boom, you're right. done. You can throw in like, you know, whatever, like cilantro, maybe jalapenos. I don't know, but. You can always kind of jack those things up a little bit. Getting pretty See, pricey there, Moj. I don't know. But I do agree. I do agree with his assessment. They give you the, the vessel, and then you can create the flavor. That's how I like to put it. Moj, you've, you've once yeah. again aced Ask Us Anything Friday, which is hard to do because there's no grades, but good job. Okay, guys. Have a great weekend. Talk to you next week. Yeah, you too. Thanks, bud. Appreciate it. Have a hey, travel safe. We'll talk more yet. Super Bowl next week. That's Bob the Moj Marjanovic here on the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Good hit with the old Moj. So we got the instant soups are a big deal. 
Instant noodles. Thanks, we just get it. Why didn't you just say jambalaya? <laughs> Jam- Jam- honestly. Jambalaya is not affordable no, whatsoever. That's and it's, t- it's labor intensive. It's time intensive. So, yeah. I, uh... By the way, we've had some texters say there have been some bruff sightings. Yep. Uh, Taj, the blueberry guy, just saw the uh, bruff in the horse stables in the Southlands of Vancouver. Uh, someone in, uh, saw a bruff at the Zellers on Kingsway. Uh, Hemlock James is a bruff sighting report. Uh, at 8.10 in the morning, he saw bruff at Walmart customer service uh, in the customer service line trying to return mayonnaise without a receipt. And apparently somebody saw Bruff at a music store buying a saxophone. I saw. <laughs> so he's been all over the place today. I don't get the I don't re- know if these are accurate. I don't get the returning mayonnaise without a receipt uh, You've never reference. Tried, you've never tried that? Returning mayonnaise without a receipt? Yeah. Either he's, he's frowned upon it. <laughs> either, either he's referencing something that I don't get, which is very possible, or that's the most esoteric random thing <laughs> that you could possibly come up with. Also very dangerous because you don't know what they're referencing. Yeah, I know. What are we talking about? Is this amazing? We're, we're, we're about two seconds away from getting a fan video being like, look at this guy walking down the street. That's Bruff's gait. He's got he's got his style of walk. He's wearing a green shacket. There he is. <laughs> Taj the blueberry guy also says we need to clip Moj saying, Yes, I love food. Oh, already we were, we were discussing that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's gonna be a drop. Okay, we're gonna take a, an early break here. We're gonna get out quick because we got a lot to do in the final half hour of the program. Uh, we are going to dive into the Dunbar Lumber text message in basket, 650-650, Dunbar Lumber, with three stores to serve you uh, in Ladner on Bridge Street, Dunbar Lumber Express at Ladner Center, or on our Buda Street in Vancouver. You can also visit them online at DunbarLumber.com. Text in your What We Learns or Ask Us Anythings. The hashtags are WWL for What We Learned and AUA for Ask Us Anythings. We flagged some already. Laddie's got, I think you have two What We Learns, if I'm not mistaken. Well, I have one main one and then the one that you won. I foisted upon you. You can just do it or I can do no, it. No, you I, can do I, it. I don't even know the story. Uh, and then, Andy, what do you have one as we tease the next segment? Uh, as long as you have absolutely zero follow-up questions, yes. Sounds like it's going to be great. <laughs> Stay tuned, everybody. It's the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Yes, I love food. Get smarter when you listen to Hockey Talk, the Hockey PDO cast with Dmitry Filipovich. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Kelowna, California. West Coast. Coast. <laughs> yeah. Kelowna, baby. Best place in the world right here. <laughs> Eight twenty nine. I missed the hit. Eight twenty nine on <laughs> Friday. Happy Friday, everybody! Halford for Bruff Sports at six fifty. Hey, you're just doing that because I called you routine oriented earlier. I like flipping things. I don't mind being routine oriented. Some people find that like I thrive off routine. I love routine. Do you? If things change even slightly, I freak out. We fear change. <laughs> yes, we do. Um, I, I I do love the process. I was listening to J.J. Reddick's podcast, The Old Man and the Three. Now, his was a bit extreme, but he went through um, what his off-season looked like every NBA season. And it was so structured and so diligent that not only did he know where he was going to be almost every minute of every day, but his body had basically morphed into understanding the rigmarole and routine as well. So he said, like, if I needed to crank out a 90-minute nap for recovery time, he could lie down and his body would be like, nap. 
and he would be able to do it. And he and he he would he said he would like allot himself ninety minutes to get sixty minutes of sleep, and that was no problem. Like, wow, that's really interesting. I don't know how many people could have that kind of monotony and repetitive. Well, as someone who naps almost every day because of our job, that's impressive. Yeah, to fall asleep that quickly. I am getting there. I'm a terrible napper. My naps are just sleep. See, I also, but I'm very routine oriented there too. Like I don't consider it a nap. I'm yeah. back in bed. Yeah, it's bedtime. Take too. a shower, brush my teeth. Bedtime part two. Yeah, electric yeah. second bedtime. <laughs> electric boogaloo. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, okay. It and, is. Speaking of the podcast, though, you're talking about the JJ Reddick podcast. That was yeah. actually an ask us anything we got. What's what podcasts are you listening to when you're not listening to sports? But I guess that's sort of sports. Well, I don't. I mean, that was the rare exception. And to be honest, I didn't listen to the whole thing. I listened to a clip of a podcast. Oh. Uh, Bruff and I are very oddly unique and similar in this way is that despite the fact we work in this medium, I do not listen to podcasts Yeah, me neither. I'm, a, I'm not a big ever, podcast guy. Ever. I, and it's not to say I don't, I, don't, I don't dislike podcasts. I have nothing against them. I've just never found uh, a podcast that I've listened to that's been like, oh, I got to check this out every day. It's just not the first thing that comes to my mind. There, there have been a few series that I've listened to. Like there was one on the, I don't know if you guys remember, the Chernobyl uh, movie I do remember um, Chernobyl, yes. <laughs> the TV well, series, not yeah, the actual. Yeah, yeah, one, of the, yeah. one of the great uh, miniseries of all time. Yeah, the producers went on and, and did like a six-part podcast, which was very interesting to talk about how they made it historically accurate and all that. So the, I'm not a big like weekly podcast listener. Right. A lot of our listeners. You're a sporadic podcast yes. listener. This is not the best way to pump up our no. own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Just a friendly reminder, if you want to download the Halford and Bruff Show, hours one, two, and three, available in separate and individual podcasts, Apple, Google, Spotify. Download it today. <laughs> Download it repeatedly. It's fine. Thank we don't you. need to grease our numbers. Nice our, numbers are, our numbers are good. We're good. We're good. They could be better, but they're good. So that was Chris from Nanaimo wanted to know. You're welcome, Chris from Nanaimo. Um, okay. We need to do some business before we move along here. We are in hour three. We're on the back nine of hour three. Uh, hour three of this program is brought to you by Campbell & Pound, real estate appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell & Pound. Visit them on the internet at campbell-pound.com today. Everyone good there? Okay, good. Uh, final half hour of the program also brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. We're going to start with what we learned. So the tease to this one was Greg said, I have one. And then you made me do another one. And then Andy said, I have one. Just don't ask me any follow-up questions. So I'm really excited to hear these. And we're going to go Greg, Andy, Greg. Sure. Laddie, a dog, laddie. Okay. Uh, the first one, I'll do the one that you wanted me to do, because the, the one I have is funnier, so I'll save that. <laughs> You're going to do the bad one first? I'm going to do the bad one that Halford <laughs> really wanted. Selling it. <laughs> Go. Uh, so this is the awful what we learned that Halford wanted. No, it's uh, the, the Senators actually fired their AHL coach yesterday, which came as a surprise. Troy Mann. Troy Mann was <laughs> you have fired. You say it like Florida man. Troy, Troy Mann. Yeah. 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 He's like his, super, his brother, Trent, is the GM of Belleville. Trent Mann is the GM, yes. and Troy Mann is the recently fired head coach. And he had to fire his own brother, Oof. and everyone was sort of wondering, because the team's not doing that poorly, they're developing well, and everything seems to be going fine, so that it was sort of confusing. And then word came out today from the beat reporters that he was let go because the coach gave some Ottawa Senators pre-scouting material to a different NHL team. What? Which is just bizarre to me. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. Troy Mann is the coach of Ottawa's AHL team. Yes. Was. His brother, Trent Mann. <laughs> the other brother is Dan Mann. 
<laughs> is the general manager, and he had to fire his brother because his brother was sending out scouting materials about the NHL team. To, to other NHL teams. Why? I, there needs to be more info. This is all we have right now. It's a breaking story from this morning. Because so. I saw this when it happened. Mm. Well, I saw the firing when it happened, and it kind of caught my eye because Troy Man, Troyman, Troyman has been the coach in Belleville for forever. He's like honing in on, or was honing in on 300 games behind the bench. And I knew that there was the, the familial family relationship there. I, I, I need to know more about this because I don't, I don't remember the last time. And again, this is all alleged at this point. This is just what we're hearing in the rumblings and rumors. But you may have committed some light treason. Like, like very <laughs> subtle, like treason. Yeah, like a light dusting of treason, <laughs> like, if you will. Do they offer him a bribe? That's like, what I'm wondering. Yeah, like, like, why would you do this? How did you get caught? Did you use Hotmail and someone you left it open on a hotel computer? They, they posed as a different team and asked him for the priest coat. As someone, yeah, that, was it a sting? <laughs> as someone that worked in a hotel before, uh, the amount of people that would leave their personal information logged in on the the workstation computers, you know, the generic yes. ones yeah. that they all have, everyone staggering amount. You'd go in there and people would just like leave it open. I'd have to log them out because I'm a good person. I would not steal someone's scouting report on the senators, for example. Maybe that's what happened. Maybe he was at a hotel. You never scoured their emails for uh, you know credit card I am a good. Info, I am a good senator's pre scout information. I am a good hearted person. <laughs> I saw someone's email account open. I'm like, I will just log out of that and save them some potential disasters. Nice man. I am a nice person. Um, okay, so that's really interesting. Actually, not a terrible what we learned. Good job, Laddie. Mukau Troyman. <laughs> Troyman. His name is Troyman. Troyman. Uh, Andy had a what we learned to which he said, and I quote, I will do this as long as there are no follow-up questions. Yeah, well, I don't actually have one. Uh, I'm going to steal Table Saw oh James's. Uh, Bruff's missing most of the week because he's finally getting to live out his dream with an appearance on Jeopardy, which, of course, isn't true. Bruff wishes it was true. But that got me thinking, the yes. mind grapes, as you as you like, In the mind want, to, want to say. Yep. Um, remember on the old station how we would do the very popular Jeopardy series? Yeah. Where you would try and stump Bruff and he would try and outsmart you because he claims he's the best Jeopardy person ever? That wasn't really the dynamic, but go ahead. <laughs> That's what happened. No, I, I played the role of Alex Trebek and yeah. we just played Jeopardy. There was no one-upsmanship. Oh, there was one-upsmanship. You know that when they play Jeopardy, they're not trying to defeat the host, correct? <laughs> yes, they are. It's a battle, no. <laughs> it's a battle to the death. <laughs> Mayim Bialik is not <laughs> the Trebek. enemy here. She's just the facilitator. <laughs> just trying to make it happen. Regardless, it got me thinking. Okay. We got to bring that back on this station. We got to get some Jeopardy going. It was so much fun. The listeners loved it. I yeah. I yeah. love watching a bruff sweat under the lights there. Now we and, got uh, and you and you came up with and now we have cameras so people can see it. Yeah, and okay. You, you actually came up with some really good questions. I didn't know most of them, but I'm an idiot. So I mean, I obviously I won't. But and even bruff was stumped. I took well, I took uh, the questions directly from Jeopardy. Oh, so I know. There, there's a variety of uh, you, you didn't really do any work per se. <laughs> no, no, no. There's okay. So there's a you took them straight off Jeopardy. Not even Jeopardy. So he watches Jeopardy. You know he sees these questions. That's what I'm saying. Okay. So the the steps to get on Jeopardy are laborious, to put it mildly. So you have to kind of go onto the web, the official Jeopardy website, and they have a billion practice tests that you can run. And I guess these are like idiot questions that never make it to the actual broadcast. They're like the American League of mm-hmm. of, of Jeopardy questions. Right? They never get the call up. <laughs> but um, they're all written in the appropriate form. And all the you know, there's like potpourri where it's just a bunch of random crap. So it's very much like the game, and then you have a timer and you have to go mm-hmm. through. Once you do that, you kind of get your bearings to then try out. Mm-hmm. But this was the introductory step where I was pulling the questions from. So I thought, like, if Bruff's ever going to achieve his goal of going on Jeopardy, this needs to be as authentic as possible. Yeah. It needs to be directly from the Jeopardy website. It took hours to yeah. put that together. 
Now, the one downside is we can't play the Jeopardy music anymore, right? Because it's licensed, and that was a oh. big that was a big part That's of a it. Challenge? You want me to find a, a knockoff Jeopardy? Yes. <laughs> so I got to thinking. Thank you, Laddie. Some, I was thinking there has to be a dollar an store unlicensed Jeopardy? dollar store Jeopardy on our website we can use that is so bad it's actually good. Did you look it up? I have not. But that, assuming that we could find one, I think you guys should bring it back, and I bet our listeners would agree because Jeopardy was awesome. We can do some Jeopardy. Yeah, Halbro Jeopardy experience was a lot of fun. The last time Bruff did it, he, he stunk the joint out, and I think that wounded him. That's why I wanted you to do it again. Reclamation. Well, Favor no, had a reclamation. would be even worse. Day. Okay. Oh, maybe get a guest involved, too. That's a good idea. Moo cow. I like your ideas. We, I'm full of many good ones. I would like to subscribe to your newsletter. I have several. Okay, la- last what we learned. This yeah. is this is, the this good is a, a headline that I saw this morning that you can tell this person has been waiting for so long to unleash this headline. It's one of those headlines that just works so well. Yep. Uh, so it's from the CBC website. Okay. Uh, Nestle has announced they are stopping the selling of Delicio pizzas in Canada. Oh, no. The headline on CBC, it's not delivery, it's discontinued. <laughs> they were just waiting for that moment. <laughs> that is pretty good. <laughs> I like to think that. Like, how like long it. have they been sitting on that headline? Just, just waiting for the demise of Delicio Pizza. <laughs> it's and not they got delivery, it. it's discontinued. <laughs> Very nice. Is there a hierarchy of frozen pizzas? Because we were talking about um, I mean, affordable Del- foods. Delicio's got to be up there. You know, frozen pizzas actually, for the amount of food it is, aren't bad. Like They're pretty cheap and they fill you up. That's what Add I'm saying. Add them to the mix. Yeah. I mean, they're not, they're not- We like, had this conversation They're not quote-unquote cheap food, but I mean, considering how much food you get for them- it's pretty good. Deal. Um, there's one th- one person that I always turn to in my times of frozen pizza need, and that is the good doctor, Doctor Utker. Oh, okay. He uh, he's got his PhD in deliciousness. <laughs> the Quattro Formaggio. Yeah, they're good pizzas. That'll get you. That'll get you through. Um, I like the McCain stuffed crust with the cheese inside. That's good. Yeah, I'm, I don't like stuffed crust. Really? It's too much. Yeah. It's always disappointing. You're always wanting more cheese. Yeah. It's very it heavy. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, so if you have Dear folks, uh, a particular... I want to get the hierarchy down, because for me, it's Dr. Otker, and then everything else falls underneath. Hmm. Now that Delicio's out of the mix, that's too bad. Uh, is there something that I'm... Or is there one that I'm missing here? I feel like there's a couple that are like really, really prominent, really, really good. I know that we there's like a million in the States. Yeah, like Delicio Brandon. McCain's are the two that I think of first, and I guess Dr. Otker's is... Someone just throw the frozen pizza from Costco, which brand name is Costco. Oh, yeah, no, that's good. good. I think yeah. it's like 10 bucks, and it's huge. Casa de Mama? What? Casa de Mama. I haven't had that one. Got to try it. Okay. Um, oh, and You on, tried all too many. <laughs> well, uh, on this pizza. note, uh, for Christmas, I got. I told you I got the mini pizza oven, the uni. Um, the, if there's a particular way to get way too obsessive about something that you're not very good at food-wise, trying to make your own pizza routinely. Like, I am now in the lab coming up with different, like, dough ratios dough is to, crucial that's yeah, probably the hardest step of making and you can pizza. and because the thing burns so bloody hot you can't ignore the pizza for like more than 10 seconds so you know how sometimes they're like don't fiddle with the food just let it cook this is the exact opposite it's constant fiddling hmm. i don't want to call it an adult toy because that brings us into an entirely different conversation <laughs> but the uni is like a food toy for adults which kind of sounds bad but yeah. isn't as see i just i just do it on the barbecue I have a little uh, pizza stone thing, and yeah, it's the, the same thing. Done. It's this is it's got a, like a ceramic dome, which is only like I don't know six or seven inches above the actual pizza stone. So that's where you get the sort of pizza oven esque. Like you're you're talking, 
if you don't pay attention, you have burnt the crap out of the pizza in 30 seconds. Which like, has happened. An intense char. Yeah. That's a good name for a band, intense char. Intense char, char yeah. yeah. Okay, um, I think we need to... We're done, right? Yeah, that's, yeah. that's it for one us. Text, one text for Andy likes the same food that 13-year-old kids in the 90s liked. Yeah. Which is accurate. Yeah. You've, you've that's con- when time stopped for me. <laughs> you've consumed a two-liter of pop before. Yeah. To yourself. Are we right? talking this week or just in general? <laughs> you don't <laughs> Last still. Night. You don't still drink pop. Actually, do you? you know it's funny. I, I'm not a big pop guy. I know that sounds weird. I don't drink a lot of it. I mean, once I in a while, but I, I we never buy it. I never have it at home. I'm not a big it's pop. My guy. vice. You're you're a pop I'm guy. A pop guy. What's your go-to yeah. soda? Dr Pepper. Oh, very underrated. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah, that's good. Good good cold Dr Pepper. Uh, in that vein, there. Is, do you drink sparkling water at all? Not a huge fan of it. My wife drinks a ton of it, so we have it. Around, bubbly is or, huge in our house. Yeah, bubbly is. Bubbly, Western bubbly is king. Western Family, I believe it is. Make I think I got the brand name right. Right, Western Family makes one, and it is vanilla and cherry. I guess because they can't market it as Dr Pepper flavored sparkling water, but that's exactly what it is. Yeah, it just tastes exactly. I tried through. one one day, and I'm like zero calories, all water, and it tastes like Dr Pepper. On the, the knockoff name isn't there Dr Buzz? <laughs> oh, there's there's Dr Skipper. Mr. Pepper. Mr. Pib. Mr. Pib. Loses is, his doctor yeah. credentials. Remember, remember clearly Canadian and briefly made a comeback like four or yeah, five years those ago? those were good. And those oh, oblong bottles. Oh, yeah, yeah, those were great. Those were good, actually. Okay. We're kind of losing the plot here, but that's a Friday. <laughs> it's Ask Us Anything. Um, did you guys help me out and flag any, or am I left to swim? There are a few flagged, yeah. Okay. If you, uh, if you click the, the button. I know how to look at the flagged <laughs> ones. Well, if you clicked it, you'd realize we have been flagging. There's a lot of listeners listening. Well, then read one. Okay, you know what? I got one. We're going down the food road anyway. I got one from Juan in Comox because so much of today's show is focused on groceries, shopping, inflation, and prices. Juan from Comox, ask us anything. When you go grocery shopping, do you wing it or take a list and follow it? I never, ever list because I want to be influenced by the sales that are going on, <laughs> and then maybe like alter what we're going to eat for the week or how my meal preps are going to go based on what's affordable. I do like a, a semi list. It's like I, chopped. I put on like Those stuff sales. that we that we definitely need into like my phone, and then mm-hmm. that's it. There's usually like six or seven crucial things I need to get. I usually have a. You know what I actually saw the other day on Twitter? What was an old timey like metal device you can get. That has a whole bunch of categories, and you're supposed to check whether you need it or not. And you bring it with you to the grocery store, and it's got milk, eggs, it's got the whole list of everything. And you just you see which ones you've flicked when you're at home, and there you go. Allow me to channel my inner Owen Wilson. Wow, (laughs) I'm sure there's an app for that now or something. But uh, kids, just instead of this gigantic metal checkboard that I have with me. No, like pocket size. It was very, very cute. On this note, a lot of people have uh, written in that the one thing that we are grossly overlooking in the uh, inexpensive sustenance to stay alive, tuna. Canned tuna. Ooh. Canned Even though tuna. it's a meat That's and a it's got one. protein, yeah. Canned I tuna. forgot about yep. canned tuna. Affordable, versatile, has a shelf life of approximately 16 years. Delicious. And I'm not even a huge seafood person, but I would eat it. Well, it's not really seafood. Yeah, it's not. It doesn't <laughs> even taste like seafood. It was seafood. once. Uh, <laughs> it was, yeah. At a time. It's more canned food at this yeah. point. Again, yeah. sodium might be, uh, how much is in the canned it's, it's, tuna? It's got a lot of sodium. Yeah. Like, you can't be eating it every day. You can't day get away from really canned stuff yeah. if, if you don't want sodium. Can sodium. we um, Can we do a sports one? Anyone got a sports one? <laughs> I feel like well, we're- dr- This is a sports show, believe it or not. Whatever audience we had is quickly being driven away. They're not sending us sports questions. Yeah, to be fair, this is the listener's fault. Yeah. It's their fault. 
Uh, ask us anything. Which fan base would be more annoying? English football fans if they won the World Cup or Toronto Saw fans if they won the Stanley Cup? Well, uh, Leafs, more... Leafs fans if they won the Stanley yeah, Cup. Yeah, I got to say because it's local, right? I mean, English may be more, the English may be more annoying, but I mean, there's, so many get... Le- there's so many Leafs fans here, we wouldn't hear the end of it. Don't get me wrong. It would be highly, highly annoying. And it's coming from an England supporter. I know how overbearing and nauseating it would be. The big part of it is, is because they always hearken back to the birthplace of football. It's our sport. We have rightly reclaimed it. I don't know if all due respect to how annoying Toronto is, period. That's the end of the sentence. But but like part of my hatred of Toronto is the fact that they have this uh, mentality and, and this confidence despite not winning anything mm-hmm. for entire lifetimes of most of their fans. So to me, if they won, it would totally eliminate that scenario right and that would that would take the fun out of it you know it's fun to hate Leafs fans and if they win it just all goes away if and when so. the Maple Leafs win a Stanley Cup that'll be the worst summer ever yes it'll Absolutely. be awful it won't be great I'm from yeah. Ontario too. I'll just have to log off of my, Twitter my wife summer. always rips on me like oh your, your friends are, are Leafs fans why can't you just cheer for them to get one yeah <laughs> no <laughs> they, they get one and that's the problem <laughs> could you imagine the summer of the Leafs winning the Stanley Cup oh, how many uh, articles would we be subjected to about whose day it is with the Stanley Cup yeah it would be never-ending yeah I, I couldn't do a Pierre Engvall what's he doing with the Stanley Cup yep. I I can't I don't want to do it and all the writers would be lined up one by one I, I no, you know what? I'm dreading life, knowing. Just thankfully, thinking about it. thankfully they're going to lose to Tampa Bay in the first round again this year, so we're good. <laughs> we're going to be all right. That's crazy that that matchup is already set. By the way, yeah, it's pretty much set in stone. That, yeah, because like, they're not catching him. Bruff and I have talked to, when he's actually here uh, about like oh, you get the, a cardboard cut out of him like the Marge Simpson like plant. <laughs> 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 Just put it there. <laughs> but we talked about the playoff chases, at least in terms of getting in, will be more compelling than previous years. But for the second consecutive season, Toronto knowing that they're playing Tampa Bay and vice versa in January, that's not great. That's not great for the league. That's not great for either of those fan bases. I don't even think it builds anticipation going into the playoffs. It's almost like you're resigned to this inevitability that for the next year. Because I wouldn't put that rivalry as a budding one or a great one i didn't think that there was a ton of bad blood or hatred from last year's series that was two good hockey teams razor thin margin between them but at the end of the day the leafs do what they always do and that's losing the and first we just round. had that ratings conversation with sean gentilly as well yeah. i'm sure the ratings for the final games of the year would be a little bit better if there was actually some meaning to them uh, we had another follow-up text to the toronto winning the cup one yeah. uh, okay. would you rather boston or boston win another one or toronto win one i I'd pick Boston. Yeah, I think Boston's done it already. So yeah, I don't, I don't care about the Bruins like I used to as as much as I may protest That's, them. Yeah, like I wouldn't want to see Boston yeah. win one, but if it was Boston or Toronto, yeah, Boston, one hundred percent. I need, I repeat, need Toronto to go out in the first round again this year. If they get out of the first round, it opens yeah. up this Pandora's box of possibilities that I'm not prepared to deal with. It makes summers great when that happens, but it also it, it puts. I mean, it puts Dubas under the cosh big time because all of a sudden it's like, can I continue to run this back? And then I think it's Shanahan looking at it and being like, I don't think so. But it's also the inescapable narrative for Marner, Matthews, Tavares to a lesser degree because he was at least with another organization, Nylander, everybody, everything, right? And then it really makes you wonder 
if this is the fatal flaw of the way that they've done this build that they I know it's such a cliche to say they're not built for the playoffs, but they are, would literally not be built for the playoffs if they lose in six consecutive first rounds. Well, Dubas can't identify goalies. That's been a big problem. I know Sonom's been good this year, and they had a bit of a reclamation of, of Matt Murray, but it's it's been his biggest fault. And, you know, you, the biggest problem with the Leafs was success in the playoffs, and the goalie he brought in before that was Jack Campbell, a guy who's never won in the playoffs mm-hmm. at any point in his career, professional, semi-professional, it just blows my mind that he he takes these roots yep. with his goaltending. And, and the key thing is he's trying to get better in the playoffs, and he just continues to ignore it. So. Yeah. Jay and OK Falls with another follow-up question on this. Ask us anything. Do you subscribe to the justification, hey, at least my team lost in the playoffs to the eventual champion? No. 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 Never. <laughs> never. It's, it's a nice little anecdote that you can throw in. It's like, hey, we lost to the best. Especially if you push them. Uh, it makes it a little... Like, it, the year we lost to the Kings, we... The Canucks, the year the Canucks lost to the Kings, made it a little bit easier for me to swallow but as they a got, fan. But they got pounded in that series. I know, but the fact that... necessarily close. No, I know, but the fact... We hung that, tight with the... The fact that the Kings then went on all the way, and you're like, oh, okay, well, I guess they were just destined that That's year. It's interesting that, that your team. mind went there, because I would have never have thought that. I, I just remember thinking that at the time. Like, I was obviously not unhappy with the loss, but yeah. then after the fact, when the Kings won, I was like, oh, you know I what? I think it went from... They had a good it, team. They shouldn't have been eighth or whatever the seed was. It made and, that loss less disappointing for yeah. the Canucks fans. Yeah, I was able sure. to f- swallow it a bit more. Because I saw some people at the end of the World Cup. Uh, retroactively saying, man, you know, what do you think about Canada's performance now that Morocco and Croatia oh, were the final major four? major narrative, yeah. And I was like, I, I could care less. If you've played in a tournament <laughs> and this has less. happened to you and you've lost to the team that went on to win the tournament, which I've had happen to me many times, <laughs> I didn't win many tournaments, Yeah, you don't feel any better. As, no. as a player, you don't. Maybe as a fan you do a little bit, but as a player. And it's fundamentally different no. losing in the final to the eventual champ as opposed to losing in the first round. Like, if you were part of their journey and you were a stepping stone along the way, it does nothing for you. You're a footnote, an anecdote in history, right? So, I, yeah, JNLK Falls, sorry. I do not subscribe to that theory. Uh, you guys got any other ones? We want? I know we're right up against it for time, but what else do we have flagged in the Dunbar Lumber? I have text one texture saying, ask us anything. Halford, how does it feel to be carried by the dogs for two days straight? You guys have done a hell of a job. We're just uh, gonna I, I'm speaking from here. the heart of my bottom here. You guys have done a, a heck of a job. It's not easy coming in, and especially yesterday. We kind of got news late that Bruff wasn't feeling well, and I'm like, don't come in. You know, Don't worry about it. We'll be fine. But, yeah, you're, but if it's a routine-based thing, everyone's used to their routines. And suddenly you have to step out of that. You got to do more, especially you guys, right? So yes, there's I get, more work involved. I get a tip of my Kansas City Royals cap. We, we just need to do more in general. Them. I think. Shh, no, no <laughs> don't say that. Do less, stupid. <laughs> uh, okay, that's a good place to end, right? Thank you all for listening. It's been a fun last couple of days. I appreciate everyone that was weighing in in the Dunbar t- Lumber Text Line, even that one guy. Uh, but for now, we got to go. We'll be back on Monday. And we'll be previewing a Canucks game on Monday. Signing off, I've been Mike Alford. He's been A-Dog, and he's been Laddie. You have been listening to the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Follow us on social at Sportsnet 650 on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok for the latest sports news and behind-the-scenes views. Sportsnet 650, the official home of the Canucks.